Have you ever heard someone say that Lutherans and Catholics are very similar? Or that, you know, with a half smile, someone might say, Lutherans are Catholic light. I know it's true that from a casual observation that our formal worship style is similar, and we both believe that Jesus is the central person of the Christian faith, and through Him we have forgiveness and life with God. We believe the same thing about baptism, very similar things about communion. You know, growing up, I occasionally attended Roman Catholic Mass with my grandparents. So what I am about to say, I share with a kind heart and with respect to our fellow Christians with whom we will share all eternity with because they, like us, have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. But there are differences, and they're not little light differences in our theology and practice, even though we all follow Jesus. Just down the street on Beckemeyer resides St. Francis of Assisi Parish. And they are one of the largest Catholic congregations in the state of Kansas. And one of our Ascension members brought in one of their worship folders this week. Their church bulletin gave the following advertisement for a special series of spiritual activities called novenas that if one participated in, it would provide great benefits for their deceased loved ones. Here is what the bulletin said. We need you. Your deceased loved ones need you. Please join us in this parish-wide effort. You are invited to join us for a nine-day period of prayer for deceased loved ones who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith. As Catholics, we pray for those who precede us in death, knowing that some have not yet entered the church triumphant in heaven, but may be among the church suffering in purgatory. Those in purgatory who are being purified for their entry into heaven cannot pray for themselves. We, the church militant, must pray for them. For this reason, the church offers a period of indulgence from October 31st through November 8th to pray for those in purgatory to be set free into the eternal kingdom. We need you. Your loved ones need you. All of our combined efforts during this novena can lessen or even immediately end the balance of their suffering by successfully receiving a plenary indulgence on their behalf through our offering. Indulgence prayers and works are defined by the Manual of Indulgences published by the Vatican. It teaches that there are five plenary indulgences that can be offered for those who have gone before us during this novena. Number one, devoutly visit a Catholic cemetery any day from these prescribed days. Number two, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament for at least 30 minutes. Number three, recitation of the Holy Rosary in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Number four, participation in the Stations of the Cross in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And finally, scriptural meditation for at least 30 minutes. Each of the above works for a preliminary, plenary indulgence can be offered for the benefit of a deceased loved one. As a parish, we will celebrate each of these prayers or works within this novena at the times designated below. Remember, you must be fully disposed, as explained previously. Our brothers and sisters in Christ who belong to the Roman Catholic faith 
believe that when a person dies, they do not automatically enter into paradise. Oh no! If they have not lived a life fully devoted to God and have failed to fully keep His commandments, then they are and they will spend time before they enter heaven being purged of their sins through some type of suffering. They themselves can do nothing once they have died to change their fate or lessen their time required to purify their souls. But there is good news. The faithful on this side of paradise can perform certain religious acts and reduce or even eliminate, so you've heard, the time of suffering. As a Lutheran, you might be well aware that purgatory and indulgences were the main point of contention some 500 years ago with a Roman Catholic priest named Martin Luther, and that his 95 thesis nailed to the castle door in Wittenberg were 95 reasons why this was not only bad religious practice and illogical, but has no basis in the scriptures. This religious practice leaves so many questions, but rather than running down into every rabbit hole, the one question that trumps them all is this. Is it true? Is there a purgatory, a place where your soul resides after death before it is released into paradise? A place where you will suffer for your sins until God is satisfied with the payment? Is it true? Well, what does the Bible say about the soul after we die? Turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, where it says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Once we die, then comes our judgment, not our purging. Jesus said to the thief who was crucified next to him on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. You know, if anyone ever needed to be purified of his sins, would it not have been the man who was rightly being executed for his crimes next to Jesus? And yet Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. And when St. Paul thought of his own life and death, and he, he longed to be with the Lord, for it would be far better no mention of his own purging of sin, even though he declared of himself that he was the chief of sinners. And later in the book of Romans, he would say, you know, the good I want to do, I don't do. No, it's the evil. That's what I keep on doing. And yet when he thought about his own death, it was to be with Jesus. Jesus also told a story of a rich man and a poor man who died. The rich man went straight to hell where he was tormented, like you would think purgatory would be, but it wasn't temporary. No, it was permanent. And yet he could see the poor man in paradise with Father Abraham, and he called out for some relief in his pain, but Abraham said that there was, it just wasn't possible because there was an impassable chasm between heaven and hell. The story suggests and that once you are judged, that is where you will be. Each of our four Gospels makes it very clear that Jesus will come again and raise all people from the dead and separate them like a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And there is no mention of a purgatory, but rather a welcome into the Father's house and a bid to depart for those who are condemned. 
There is no biblical evidence that suggests purgatory is real or true, but rather the truth is that our Good Shepherd welcomes every one of His own into His green pasture and His quiet waters when they die. He and He alone has provided for their purging of sin by His death on the cross. His good work is all that is required for us poor sinners to find grace and forgiveness from our God. So don't hold our fellow Catholic Christians in contempt, but share with them the good news that Jesus has done it all. And show them the scriptures. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. We are free and at peace with God. That's what Jesus meant when he said, peace I give you, not as the world gives. Yeah, the world gives peace when you have earned it and you've made things right on your own. Jesus gives you peace by what he has earned. You need not even fear that when you die that you will still have a payment to make. Oh no, that you still need to suffer or that you need to, you know, you need help. You need to help your poor dead relatives for they are... No, they are all safe with Jesus. Share this good news with, with your own heart, with your own family, with your friends, and even your Catholic neighbors. Share it in love and compassion and pray that they too might be at peace with God in Jesus.